Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, when we gather around this table, you never know what's going to come up. But the other day, Rachel, I posted a little quote that I saw from Max Lucado. And it says, as long as you think you can control people's behavior toward you, you are held in bondage by their opinions. In other words, we cannot control how other people behave. We cannot, period. We cannot control other people's behavior. Let me just say that again, because I think So many times, we, especially those of us who feel like we are in control, (laughs) we believe, we falsely believe that we can control someone else's behavior. And the fact is, we may be able to influence their behavior. We may be able to reject their behavior. We may be able to uh, condone their behavior or even encourage their behavior, but we cannot control their behavior. Therefore, we cannot control their behavior toward us. This is something I think everyone, myself included, forgets. We learn this and then we forget it again. And I say that we learn this because if you've ever been a mother of a two-year-old, you've learned this. You cannot control that child's behavior, particularly (laughs) inside of a grocery store. (laughs) It's so true. And and there are many, many times when we feel like, okay, I need to grab hold of this and, and control it. And when we don't, and when we're not able to control it, we then let that reflect on us as, oh, I failed. I couldn't make that happen. So I failed as a mom. I failed as a friend. I failed as a as a worker, because I was not able to control their behavior. Yes, I had this conversation just the other day with a, uh, a mom of young kids, and it was sort of the prevailing mindset of these young mothers that are trying very hard to um, raise their children in a godly home and um, to be uh, obedient and, and whatnot, all noble things. But the, the prevailing notion was very much, I need to make sure that they behave correctly because if they don't, that's a reflection on me, that's a reflection on our parenting, that's a reflection on our home. And ultimately, though they didn't say it quite mm. exactly this way, that's a reflection on God. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of pressure to put on a, a seven-year-old <laughs> boy, right? <laughs> that, But we do it. And, and we don't only do it with children, we do it with anybody who decides to behave ugly, and we can't control it. Yes, and we we don't want that to um, reflect on us, as you noted. Uh, we don't want it to reflect on God in some way either. I think we get very upset, like if you have a prodigal child, um, it, it, you, you, know, you can wrestle with this, what does this say about me? What will people think about how this child was raised? 
Um, you know, will other people doubt, you know, my faith because my own child is doubting my faith, right? Um, but the, the reality is, is we, none of us have any control over what other people think and do. Influence, yes. And as parents, we mm. are to, to teach them and to guide them. But it's a very freeing thing to realize that you are not responsible for anybody else's actions. Well, that is so critical for us to get that first part of this quote right. Because in this quote from Max Lucado, he says, as long as you think, you can control people's behavior toward you. So once we understand we cannot, we cannot control other people's behavior, then we have to get a hold of that second part of the quote that says, until you get that right, you are held in bondage by their opinions. Now, can I just get an amen on that? Because I think that's the part that everybody on this Facebook post that I posted related to. They are held in bondage by other people's opinions of them. And that we see more and more in social media rings, you know, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. We are held in bondage by what other people can quickly snip out. You know, they, they don't even think about what they're putting down and how the ripple effect of that can happen uh, and, and take someone's confidence totally away. But as long as we allow that, as long as we think that we can control that other person's behavior, then we will always be held in bondage their opinion. You know, you brought up social media. Social media kind of turns the entire world into a small town, right? Where everybody knows everybody and knows their business and there's all up in their business. <laughs> when you post something and someone else disagrees with it in a comment with you, there's this thing, at least that rises up in me, that is, oh no, I have to reply to them and set the record straight. Otherwise, everybody else looking, you know, everyone else around this world on my Facebook page um, is going to see what they said, right? So I, I, it's like I need to defend myself or I need to set them straight. Um, and that's where I think we can wind up uh, in, in that kind of bondage things. And next thing you know, you know you're in argument with some um, follower on your Facebook page that you haven't seen in eight years. And you, you know you're, you're not really even hardly in relationship with them. And here you're, you know, you're duking it out because you're trying to defend yourself or your actions or your comment or your opinion that you put out there or whatever it might be. Oh, I could not agree more. And that is such a uh, an easy thing to fall into. And, and it's funny because when my mother-in-law, God bless her, she worries about what people in the church are going to think if she wears, you know, a certain thing to church. Oh my, I can't do that. What will people say? And I always joke with her and I say, honey, nobody nobody's looking and nobody's going to be talking because they have their own lives and their own things to deal with. And yet when we talk about it in the social media world, 
I get it. You know, it, you're right. It's like a small town. It's like a small church. And people are gossiping and talking, only instead of behind your back, they're doing it right there on your social media. So I want to bring us back to that quote again. If you're just now tuning in, we're talking about Max Lucado's quote that I put on my Facebook page the other day. And it says, as long as you think you can control people's behavior toward you, you are held in bondage by their opinions. And that is never more true than when we see it play out in social media. Yeah, you know, I had a sort of a situation a a few years back that that quote would definitely apply for me. just things went down and, and other people, uh, other people's behaviors affected me and colored other people's impression of me. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, a long story that I won't go into except to say that it was at that point in time that God began teaching me this lesson of Rachel, you have to let other people be wrong about you. You have to be willing to let other people be wrong about you. You know the truth about you. I know the truth about you. Everybody else is not always gonna grasp the truth about you. And you have to be okay with that. That deserves repeating. I want you to, I want you to hear what Rachel's saying right there because we all need to grab a hold of that. We cannot control not only what people think about us, but how they behave toward us. We cannot control it. And we have to be okay with letting go of those assumptions that we can control it. And and Rachel, I love the fact that you brought this into God speaking to you. And he does that, doesn't he? He tells us that we have an audience of one. And as long as we're keeping our eyes focused on him. And as long as we are making sure that what we say and do is in line with what he wants, then the rest of it is not critical. Well, let me tell you, Luann, I thought that that was wrong. To let people be wrong about me, think things that I know are incorrect about me, think things that, you know, might, uh, people might be misjudging what I've said, misunderstanding what I've done, misjudging my motives. I was very surprised to sort of feel like God was saying to me, Rachel, you got to be willing to let them be wrong. I didn't think that I would have thought God would say, uh, Rachel, you got to set the record straight. You can't have them thinking, you know, isn't there a verse somewhere that says, don't even give off the appearance of evil, right? So like, I just would have not, this just was not what the, the lesson that I expected to, to learn. But get this, <laughs> Jesus was willing to let people be wrong about him. In the gospel of Mark, Um, Not only is is Jesus willing to let people be wrong about him, nine different times Jesus tells, like his disciples, tells the people who figure out who he is, that he's Messiah. He tells them, um, don't tell anyone. (laughs) Don't don't tell anyone. So in Mark chapter 8, verse 27, Jesus is with his disciples. And he says, he asks them, he's like, hey, who do people say that I am? 
And they answer him and they're like, well, you know, some say that you're John the Baptist and some say that you're Elijah and some say that you're one of the prophets. And this is where, you know, the famous question is asked of Peter, where Jesus says, Peter, you know, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, you are the Messiah. Immediately, the next verse, after, after Peter says, well, I think you're the Messiah, Jesus simply sternly orders them not to tell that to anyone. So Jesus has just been made aware. People have the wrong impression of him. They think he's John the Baptist or Elijah or some prophet or something else. He's perfectly fine with letting them have the wrong opinion for whatever reason. I, I love the verse in Psalm 16, 8 that says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. When you go through these times like you've been through, Rachel, like I've been through, and, and I'm sure that everybody sitting around the table with us today has been through times when we've been frustrated because we cannot control the behavior of someone else toward us. And when we get in those moments, we have a couple of choices. We can say, okay, I'm going to try to fix this. And you and I both know that when we've attempted that, it has gone <laughs> terribly wrong <laughs> because there's no way we can fix it. So we have the choice of either feeling like we can fix this situation or we say, God, this is beyond my control. I want to be free from the opinions of other people. And I want my eyes to be solely focused on you because I know if I'm there in your sight, in your grasp, then I will not be shaken by anything they do or say. Yep. God knows the truth about you. You know the truth about you. And there's going to be times in your life when you have to let others be wrong because they don't know the truth about you. And honestly, Luann, learning that lesson is not only personally freeing, uh, there is a lot of spiritual growth that comes from that. Um, it's a great lesson to walk through with the Lord. I'll tell you another example. Um, this is a good example. So when I was 29 years old, I turned on the radio at a time in the day that I didn't typically turn on the radio. And it was on a Christian station. And I heard this uh, sort of radio show by this prominent national Christian ministry. I didn't know they were prominent or national. I'd never heard them before. Um, but I liked what I heard. And that afternoon when I put my kids down for a nap, I went to their website and looked them up. Once I got on their website, I saw they were holding a conference for female Christian speakers. And I had been doing some speaking in my town at churches and retreats. And I, had, I was teaching public speaking for the University of North Carolina. And so I thought, well, this is right up my alley. And then I noticed that it starts the very next day and that it's sold out. And so I was like, oh gosh, well, I, you know, I missed this, but maybe they'll do this again next year. Um, that afternoon, I'm on the phone with my husband. I just mentioned it to him. He stops and prays on the phone with me, which was just sort of odd. <laughs> um, and then when he's done praying with me, this is right after I tell him about this, he says, I want you to call them and I want you to ask them if you can come. <laughs> so... Um, Luann, I did not, I mean, I wanted to go to the conference, but I did not want to be that girl. I didn't want to be the girl. 
they, on the website, not only did it say it sold out, it said sold out on, and it had the date. This thing had been sold out for months. I didn't want to be the girl that calls up the sold out conference the day before it starts and says, hey, can I come? <laughs> So yeah, that felt presumptuous or arrogant or just the very least rude or something. I didn't want to do it. But here my husband had told me to do it and he had prayed about it. It was all, I was like, oh, so I did it. I did not want to do it. Did not want them thinking this about me. I also thought they're not going to let me come and I'm going to want to go next year. And I don't want to be remembered as the girl who called the sold out conference the day before and said, uh, can you make can you make room for me? Because <laughs> I'm so special. Um, so I called and I just sort of said, I, I just learned about your ministry uh, just today. I just saw about this conference. I see that it's sold out, but I just wanted to ask if perhaps maybe I I could come, you know, and I'm just like biting my knuckle, like not wanting to be. And, and they say, um, uh, hold on just a minute. We're, I'm going to put you on hold for just a minute. And I said, okay. And, the, you know, the line goes silent. So anyway, I was just like cringing. Part of me wanted to hang up. I just didn't like being in this position. I didn't want them thinking this about me. Um, uh, and so anyway, she comes back on the phone and she says, we had a woman who was pregnant signed up for this conference. She called this morning because she has gone into labor early and there's no way she can come to the conference. She has a private room booked, which will make the conference price a little higher than it would be if you were sharing a room. But if you would like to pay for and take her private room, you can take her spot. And so the next morning, I am on my way to this conference, four hours away. I'm driving to this conference. It was at that conference because, uh, long story short, it was at that conference that I wound up being um, uh, placed on the Proverbs 31 speaker team, national speaker team that was just forming. Had I been registered ahead of time for that conference, that would not have happened. Had I gone the next year as a regular attendee, that would not have happened. The way events unfolded, because they didn't know what to do with this extra girl who wasn't really registered and wasn't really prepared for, what they did was just tell me to follow the, the president of the ministry. Just, just stick by her side, because they didn't know what else to do with me. And it was in my doing that that I wound up, um, you know, a, a part of this thing. But I, I would have never gotten that opportunity. Um, I would have never uh, fallen into that had I been too afraid um, to A, obey my husband, and B, let them possibly be wrong about me. You know, when we allow God to move in our lives and do things that uh, maybe other people would say, what, are you crazy? No. When we allow God to do that, so many things unfold down the way. Like, you and I would not be here right now. We would never have met. We wouldn't be doing this show, this little thing called Encouragement Cafe together. And, and so I want to get back to the quote that started this whole thing. Maybe today you have been held in bondage because you have been saying, I want so desperately to control what other people say and how they behave toward me. And sweetheart, if we always worry about what other people are thinking and what other people are doing and how they behave, 
then we will never be free from that bondage. So today I want to encourage us. I want to give us a charge, Rachel. We have a choice every single day to say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to care more about what you think of my behavior and how you see me. I want to be more in tune to that than I am to anything else anyone else can say. And Rachel, I think that it bears repeating what you said God taught you through that, that it's okay, it's okay to let other people be wrong. I want you to say that in a way that it will stick because I think the girls that are around the table with us right now maybe have been doing that and haven't even realized that they've been bound up by other people's opinions. Well, in Mark chapter 8 at verse 27, that's where Jesus finds out that people have the wrong opinions of him. They think he's someone else or something else. And what Jesus says in that passage then after hearing this to Peter is, who do you say I am? And that seemed to be all that mattered to Jesus. He didn't want to go fix the the record and the opinion and the reputation with everybody else. It was just The only thing that mattered was, hey, Peter, who do you say that I am? And so I turn that back around. When someone is thinking wrong about me, they have the wrong impression of me, they have misjudged my motives, or they have misunderstood what I have said, or I just know they don't have all the facts of the situation, and I can get very upset that they're thinking wrong things about me. I take that same question that Jesus asked Peter, and I just ask that to God. God, who do you say that I am? Because that's ultimately the most important thing. God knows the truth about me. I strive to understand the truth about me. And the rest of it is just sort of like a big gamble as to whether Mm -hmm. anybody else is going to get that right or not. All right. So there you have it. That's our charge for the week. Whenever you feel like someone has treated you badly or said things that are not true about you. Instead of trying to take control, let's turn and ask God, Lord, what do you say about me? May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.